following is a live copyrighted presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time now for RadioLawTalk.com with your host, Frederick Penny, attorney at law. And now, RadioLawTalk.com. Welcome to Hour 2 of Radio Law Talk, the most exciting, interesting, and informative uh, radio show on Earth. I did listen to the uh, Alien shows the other night. Uh, I was uh, coming home. I got home around 2 a.m., and I'm telling you, I enjoyed it immensely, the Alien show. That's when they're out there. That is what I'm telling you. I love those shows. Did you see any aliens? No, but I heard all about the paranormal. And um, so uh, it's just, to me, it's just, uh, I don't say I believe, agree, or disagree. I just think it's fascinating some of the people that come on there. I'm like, really? You know what I would love to do? I would love to go back to the alien planet where where their their explorers have gone out into the universe. And now they're back with their findings. And they're talking about this planet (laughs) called Earth. Yeah. And uh, uh, this is the one that we found, and, and here is a representation of the people that we found, and they're all a bunch of slack-jawed yokels and stuff, because those apparently are the only ones that ever get abducted. That's exactly <laughs> right. You know, they're not talking to the intelligent. They're not talking to the... No Harvard PhD, grad. No PhDs. Yeah, yeah, it's PhD. like, we got this guy. What do you... I'll tell you what. I invented the toothbrush. You know how they can tell? Because if anybody else invented it, they'd have called it a teeth brush, but I only got one, so that's what I called it, you know. And so well, they don't go. They don't go to medical school to, to abduct people. Have no, you no, they, that? they don't. They don't. <laughs> yeah, uh, none of the medical. You think they come down? Who are they going to take? Not the. <clears throat> brain surgeon or the orthopedic surgeon. No. No, no, no. no. Uh, yeah, they, Jethro they, from... <laughs> from <laughs> that guy. And, and that's why yeah, there's been I no did. other... And that's why there's been no other contact because they, they spread that out. They publish it on the Universal National Enquirer. Universal Enquirer. And everybody's like... That's Earth? Yeah, I don't want to go there. Now, Denise apparently has been abducted. She, she's looking at you in a strange way because she has been abducted. I'm just perceiving here. Denise, am I right about this? Oh, sure. <laughs> you, you were abducted. Sure. From, what was his name? From the top of a... <laughs> From the top of a roof while sunbathing. <laughs> Those of you who think that he's sexually harassing her, no, this is her true story that she has brought up many a times. I did not bring it up many times. I brought it up one time. I believe there have been referrals to one time. Not by her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll move on. And uh, if you want to call in 855 Law Radio, remember we're talking about general topics of law and sometimes absolutely no topic of law. Uh, remember to seek legal counsel. Do not call Denise, Fred, or Todd uh, and say, look, um, I just mentioned your name before the judge and Radio Law Talk. We don't want you to do that. Um, but anyway, go to our website, www.radiolawtalk.com, and uh, you can read the disclaimers. Those of you out there, we like, we like to thank – let's thank KBDT uh, out of Dallas, Texas for airing our show. We're, uh, we're throughout the country. We're in Nevada. We're in California. We're in Utah. We're in Minnesota. We're in Texas. It, it, we're, and we're, we're gaining uh, ground. But you know what? If, you, if you're listening online, because you can listen online, go ahead and tell your local station to pick us up and, and – uh, and play us, and, that, and that's how sometimes we get uh, more affiliates. And there's a gentleman from Indiana called us last week who was yes. listening online. Yes, that is that's right. Exactly right. He wasn't satisfied with our answer, but that's okay. <laughs> but, but, yeah. but but let's go back to Jeff Bezos yes. the, uh, of the Amazon. So what what we were talking about before the break is, um, and, and we're not trying to beat a dead horse, pardon the pun, but <laughs> but the situation is clear is about. And what I was getting at, Todd, yes. uh, during when we had to break, is how many how many of these cases truly are going on right now that are under the radar, where someone has taken a picture of their hmm, and someone else has found it or used it, an ex-girlfriend or boyfriend or vice versa or spouse, and are using it to their advantage. Millions, I would say, millions. I, I and, agree. And, and how agree. could the DA? And I think you brought up a good point. Spend the time to prosecute every one of these cases that they're using that picture as an extortion. And Denise brought up during the break that sometimes happens in divorce cases, um, not necessarily you know to this detail, but that happens. And in fact, that kind of a release or publication can be considered domestic violence. 
in, yeah. in yes. family law and, matters. And they, Absolutely. and they can use that in order to pursue their cause, if you want to call it that. So, so my, my response to that right. is... Right. Tell about your, tell your response. My response to that is, well, for example, I think that there are far more instances of drug possession than possession of illicit photographs, and the DA still prosecutes all of those, even though they happen on a fairly routine basis. Well, prosecute those that they feel Pros- that they can win. Well, yes. And, and, and well, the, the heinous ones, yeah. the ones particularly heinous, your small-time well, no, no it, it, really, it, it really depends on your jurisdiction. In the jurisdiction that I currently live in, if you are found in possession of the legally prohibited amount, no matter how, they'll prosecute you. They will. They, they just, but in this jurisdiction, they have the resources to do it. If I cross over into the jurisdiction just one county away from where we broadcast this show, the DA a couple of uh, eight, nine years ago, got funding cut by the Board of Supervisors and went on the news and said, from now on, these are the crimes we will not prosecute because we do not have the funding. And I remember the news report where the reporter was standing right on the county line saying, if I take three steps this way and have less than a gram of of methamphetamine, I am good to go. And if I take three steps this way and cross it, I am going to be prosecuted. So that happens. But When it comes to what the DA prosecutes, there are what I call two levels at a minimum of interference before the case even gets to the DA. Right. One level is whether or not the law enforcement agency that was called to begin with even refers that case to the DA's office, and that's where that's a, the first step. That's where a large part of them are weeded out. Like, I'm not going to write a report on this. You guys need to work this out. You need to right. do this. Right. In the past, that used to happen a lot with domestic violence. That has happened less now. Now it's a call on domestic violence. Somebody's going to jail. This is getting reported. The other line that even well, proceeds. The most dangerous time for police officers during a domestic violence absolutely, um, absolutely event. But the 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 other line before that is having an alleged victim that will even report it because of the embarrassment and the shame associated right. with it. If there's pictures of me out there and so and so has got it and they're offering to pay me and I'm getting extorted there, I have to take a long look. At whether or not I even want to put my own reputation out there as being somebody that would have even taken a picture of myself to send it. And we lose a lot. Would the cats have taken pictures of you? Well, thank heaven they don't have opposable thumbs. Otherwise, I would be in trouble. (laughs) Yes, that's exactly right. So a lot of them don't even get there. But if something makes it past the personal shame or whatever or embarrassment and it gets reported to the police and then makes it past the police to make it to the DA's office... All right. I have uh, in 10 years as a DA, I never looked at a case that came my way that I felt that, well, the elements are there. I could prove it, but it's not worth my time. I'm going to dump it. If the elements were there, I'd take the case. But your point is exactly what I'm trying to bring up, which is that they don't even get there because the DA doesn't even get to it because the police is like, okay, I got 14 murders I'm trying to solve and one guy that's trying to do it or gal and I got someone saying, hey, this my my ex boyfriend's got a nudie of me. Exactly. Right. Gonna, look, I don't have yeah, time but, for that. Yeah, but but this is a different basis is different mainly because AMI's on probation. That's exactly. It's a whole different standard to prove something when somebody's on probation. Violation of probation's easier than to prove a whole entire right. criminal and, case. And you had raised an issue before we went to break about well, why is it that they're just going after the big guy if it's everything else is yeah. going on? And and I want to point out Cal- California rule of court, and these are uniform pretty much throughout the, the nation, but these are the sentencing objectives. What a court is listening for and what DAs know they're going to get if they prosecute. Why somebody gets sentenced. One is to protect society. The other is to punish defendants. The other is to encourage the defendant to re- lead a law-abiding life, but this fourth one is why they're going after the big dog, and it is to deter others from doing this from same criminal action. conduct by demonstrating its consequences and you get more bang for the buck if you prosecute a big guy. We're going to come oh, back okay. and talk about more than 50 celebrities and, and politicians and media organization could face a lawsuit in the Covington Catholic High School case. We'll be back. states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. 
I am Cameron Levitt, Chief Operating Officer of Concussion Medical Clinic. California's first concussion medical clinic is now open. As concussions increase each year, there has never been a greater need for concussion specialists. Our physicians at Concussion Medical Clinic are board certified in pediatric neurology and sports medicine and have partnered with universities, hospitals, and rehab clinics to expedite the recovery process. Simply put, we are elevating the standard of care. When you need an expert concussion opinion or concussion care, visit concussionmedicalclinic.com to schedule your appointment. Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny and Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny and Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. Hi, I'm Frederick Penny of Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. I bet you're tired of hearing lawyer commercials. So just relax and listen to music for a few seconds. When you or a family member has been injured, call... Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Now, there is Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took nearly a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to return to a full-body head of hair. Reveal for men and women with a 30-day money-back guarantee at GCNLife.com or toll-free 844-443-6637. 844-443-6637. Reveal at GCNLife.com. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper, article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. You're listening to RadioLawTalk.com. And now back to your host, Frederick Penny. So Alyssa Milano, Elizabeth Elizabeth Warren, Jim Carrey are among uh, a few of the many individuals uh, and some media organizations that are being put on notice by uh, the lawyers representing Nick Sandman. This is the famous uh, case of the... uh, Child, he's technically a child. He's sixteen-year-old young man uh, that was standing next to the uh, American Indian that was beating his drum. And we, yeah, <laughs> yeah this child, he's from Covington Catholic High School. That's exactly right. So, yeah. So what what the issue is here is is liable and slander. 
you know, and, and and that's what it comes down to. And and everyone's thinking, oh, they're writing a letter to sue them. No, this letter is only a letter to preserve evidence. Right. The first letter that went out was a cease and desist. Right. And a request for you for um, the people that had said derogatory statements for them take to take it back. Take it back. Withdraw it. Giving them notice that if you don't do that, you may be sued. Right. And the next step is what? This step. This one is really new to me because I didn't realize. No, I knew this. Yeah, I this know is, you yeah. do yes. this. This is your wheelhouse. But this is a letter saying, hey, you better preserve all evidence that can be used against you in a case that we bring against you for libel, slander, or defamation. Right. right. There, there's so a, it's a preservation yep. letter. Yes, it is. And it says preserve your evidence. And, and you could sue them. If they don't preserve it and they dump it or somehow, that's a separate lawsuit over and above the liable actually it's slander. Actually, crime. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Over and above that, that's a civil lawsuit. They can also bring and sue them for money saying, look, you, you dumped all the evidence. Right. And, and that's what they're doing. That's the second step in this civil action is now tell them to take it back. The second step is, okay, now, now we're advising you to preserve the evidence. Preserve your computer hard drive. Right. Com- com- uh, preserve your email accounts. Preserve of your Facebook accounts, all social media where you made any comments, preserve anything you've ever had in writing. I mean, they're, t- they're, they're talking about, it's not just evidence that's relevant, but it's evidence that leads to relevant right. evidence. Right. So anything. we're talking about, it's very sweeping. So right. what's, what's the effect, Fred? Uh, mm-hmm. now this is in your wheelhouse. It is. What is the effect if... Uh, now, this isn't a criminal case, and I understand what it would be in a criminal case. If something similar to this happened, there'd be probably an obstruction of justice charge or trying to destroy evidence in a criminal case if people got rid of it. But what is the penalty if, let's say I'm one of the 50 celebrities, I get this uh, preservation letter from the plaintiff's attorney, and I delete something that was on my computer that might have been something that was responsive to this, but I don't adhere to the, this isn't a subpoena. This nope. isn't an order from the court. It's a request from an attorney not to do something. What's the penalty? So I'm going to I'm going to give you a general answer because a specific answer is is too detailed. It, it, and it depends on yeah, the state. It depends on the state, and it depends upon the, the the court. Believe it or not, a judge can go as extreme as saying you lose the case because you got rid of evidence. Period. Yeah, I mean, plaintiff wins, you know, if you um, obstructed um, basically this evidence from being um, – now, now, let's back up. Even if they didn't send the letter, they still have to preserve the evidence knowing that they have issues coming down the pike. This is just another step for the lawyers to go forward to put them on notice. But they, but they can't argue. Well, a lawyer never put me on notice to preserve the evidence. I threw it all out. <laughs> yeah, they, right. they could still go after them for that and for not preserving evidence. Can you imagine what it would look like to a jury if, let's say, I am one of those that received the preservation letter. Fred is now suing me, and I am on the witness stand. And Fred's asking me this question: Did you receive this letter dated February first, two thousand and nineteen? asking you to preserve all of the evidence with... Yes, I did. Subsequent to that, did you then go in and delete evidence and not preserve it? Yes, I did. What does a jury think when that happens? I mean, that's that's wrong. That's consciousness of guilt right Right, there. Right, right. So the the letters... Or liability. Those who are... Is the the letter a court order? I mean, mean, so what if you do? I mean, it's it's, all it does is make you look bad. It's a crime. It's a federal offense, and it's also a state, usually, offense for you to destroy evidence. No, but, it's not. It's not just look you bad. Look yeah, bad, it's Cal. It's more crime. than that. You cannot destroy evidence but suppose, intentionally. Well, let's be right. Suppose you don't know it's evidence, then it's not intentional. If you just normally purge your email, and then after you've purged, you get this letter, then you then what happens? Well, I, it's all it's fact based, yeah. Cal. So okay. you got to go okay. back in and say to yourself, Cal. Given this situation, you go and purge it as you normally do. Yet you know you you you're involved in this, and you are one of the named people that they named to to take back what you said. And you go, oh, I, I'm Cal Hunter. I just purged once a month. I purged all my uh, all my computer. That fact shows. You would, you, yeah, so you, but you would have to know that there right. was a problem before you could be held accountable for no, that. That's not true. Generally speaking, generally <clears> speaking, <throat> I, I get that, Cal. But here, here's the best part. Here's the best part about it, though. The best part about it, and I've dealt with experts like this. 
if you erase, doesn't mean it's gone. That's right. I mean, you would be shocked at what's still on your computer, even though you erase it. Or, erase. or on um, other kinds of, of yeah. databases. That right. are, In the cloud, you know, whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, erasing something on a on computer isn't like, it, it's not like a chalkboard. It covers it up. It's not like a chalkboard where you erase it. What you're telling the computer is, okay, there's stuff here in this area, and it's free to be written over with new data. And if it doesn't get written over, it's right. still there. Even sometimes it does. It's just yeah. like it's like putting a piece of paper over the top of a, of, of a letter. You, you know? know one thing I like? Are we going to talk about this when we come back from the break? Uh, we will, because but keep going. There's just one thing I like about this. A lot of times attorneys get bad names because the attorney is the one blamed for the frivolous lawsuit. The attorney is the one blamed for this. The attorney is the one blamed for that. And quite frankly, the attorney is always representing the interests of somebody. It's somebody who hired the attorney to do that, and it's that person's interest. And the thing I liked about this case is you heard what the Kentucky teen wanted. He wanted to have a discussion. He wanted to, you know, he wanted to change the minds of some people. And in this article, the attorney says, we want to change the conversation. We don't want this to happen again. We want to teach people a lesson. The attorney is mirroring what the Covington teen said, as opposed to saying, these people are going to pay through the nose, and we want monetary damages. He's starting with, we want to change the Well, okay. He wants to get paid, too. Yeah. Come on. We should talk about some of the yeah. content about these different individuals we're who going received to, the letters. We're going to talk about what they did say and whether or not you believe it's liable or slander. Denise has a good take on that. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Radio Law Talk and RadioLawTalk.com. We'll be right back. Hold on. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to RadioLawTalk.com. My name is Frederick Penny of Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. I've assembled an excellent team of highly experienced personal injury trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. At Penny & Associates, we will aggressively represent you and your family when someone has been injured in an accident. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. For a free initial consultation, go to PennyLawyers.com or call 1-800-616-4LAW and ask for Frederick, Stewart, Rob, Kevin, Kent, or Will. That's Frederick Penny of Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers, one 800 616 for law. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. Many women have so many clothes in the closet, but then we go to get dressed and find we have nothing to wear. So ah! We've all been there. We all want to be comfortable and fashionable at the same time, and it's difficult to find clothing that makes that task effortless. But at Letty & Company, you can find trendy, comfortable clothing that is affordable, things you'll want to wear every day. Shop with a purpose, online, with free shipping. Just go to lettyandcompany.com. LettyandCompany.com. Hi, I'm Frederick Penny of Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. I bet you're tired of hearing lawyer commercials. So just relax and listen to music for a few seconds. When you or a family member has been injured, call 800-616-4LAW or see us at Penny & Associates. USA Radio News with Rick Vincent. Virginia's Governor, Lieutenant Governor, and Attorney General all facing calls to resign as a result of racial and sexual allegations, and all have refused to do so. Director of the University of Virginia Center for Politics, Larry Sabato, tells CNN Governor Ralph Northam faces a tough remainder of his term. I don't think he'll be giving many uh, college graduation addresses, that's my guess, uh, and so he's not going to have the ability to communicate with the public the way most uh, governors do or even to work with other with legislators on uh, key legislation. It's going to be very tough on him. 
Democratic Senator Elizabeth Warren makes her 2020 bid for president official in Lawrence, Massachusetts. I am deeply grateful that you came here on a cold and blustery day to be part of this announcement. Thank you. You're listening to USA Radio News. Hey guys, Ted from Russell Stover again. Look, I thought we talked about this already. Valentine's Day is getting close, really close, and you still haven't done anything about it. It's time to put down the dumbbells or the tongs or the video game controller and pick up the Russell Stover heart-shaped box full of chocolates. Valentine's Day is this Thursday, so there is still time, but not much. Please, don't forget, go, go now. Russell Stover, make happy. With a recession ending, if you've been putting off building your business, now is the time to act. General Steel will meet or beat any price on a pre-engineered steel building of the same size and specifications. Act now before steel prices go up. So call us today for free information. Call 800-965-1290. It's been said, any society is only three missed meals away from chaos. Those times may be near. Think about it. Our country faces multiple terrorist threats and aggressions from Russia and North Korea. Social unrest and violent marches yet again may lead to looting of stores and city shutdowns. And our crumbling infrastructure leaves our power grid vulnerable to long-term outages from a single cyber attack. When the chaos from any one of these threats arises, the government knows it can't provide during a widespread national emergency. That's why you need your own plan for self-reliance. That's where My Patriot Supply comes in. Get a four-week survival food supply for only $99. That includes breakfast, lunches, and dinners. Order online at preparewithgcn.com. 99 bucks for four weeks of survival food that tastes like homemade cooking and lasts up to 25 years from My Patriot Supply. Get your kits today at preparewithgcn.com. Free shipping is included. Preparewithgcn.com. You're listening to RadioLawTalk.com. And now back to your host, Frederick Penny. So we're back talking about uh, Denise. The Covington uh, Catholic But uh, you wanted to bring up what some of the actual uh, supposed liable slander sayings were. And you're going to discuss that really quick and and think whether, determine whether or not you think it is liable or slander. And, And don't forget, there's an issue as a child. There's a lower standard. They're not a public figure. So, so the standard is it doesn't have to be egregious, and generally speaking, I, you know, I, I use the word egregious, but but it's a much higher standard if it's a public figure. Right. The only defense is going to be truth. Yeah, truth. Really, truth as a defense. Yeah. But there's other examples, like what we know from Story with Daniel's suit against Trump, is that he can say things that are political in nature right. or his opinion, right. and that is not going to be defamation. Right. Um, we've got Alyssa Milano who compared the red magna, the um, Make America Great Ahead hat, yeah. to a new white hood. Now, is that a comment about the child? No. It's no. a comment about something he was wearing. That should not be an issue. She, this shouldn't shouldn't, lo- she, she probably won't right. get in trouble because... To be honest, she, her, right. her connection may be just opinion. But go on. You didn't read the rest of the tweet. Without white boys being able to emphasize with, uh, empathize with other people, humanity will continue to destroy itself. Now the question is, did she put a question? That That's questionable there. That That's where... It's a it, statement it, that's not directly made against Mr. Sandman, but it's alleged as against Mr. Sandman. Right. So I think you're right, Denise, so do you and that call was him, questionable. It's questionable. It's her opinion. Yes. Um, I'm not sure that she's going to have that much liability for right. that. Right. Then we've got um, uh, Carrie, Jim Carrey, putting the children and Phillips, the Indian man, uh, into a political satire picture because he jim carrey does these um portraits and does all this different stuff they're not actual portraits but they're usually political satire in some ways and he puts them and it's called baby snakes and it's just a picture of people behind uh mr sandman you know yelling and taunting and then mr sandman having a smirk on his face and then uh, mr phillips the indian with his drum and it's just kind of 
looks ugly and but look at the back shows the one boy sticking his tongue out at him and stuff and it's got sandman though don't forget he's a minor child he has drawn a picture of a minor child and let me let me, let me i'm going to argue the other side and put it throughout the world and without the permission of this child or his parents again this is a minor child that he has put a picture of him up, I think Jim Carrey's going to have some liability. And I don't. The only thing that in that picture that bothers me is the hate, again, right. on the hat, that I don't necessarily like. If you look yeah, hate, at Yeah, oh, it says hate again. Yeah. Okay, I didn't see that. Yeah, but, but at the same time, um, we all know that political satire is protected speech. So I'm not sure that it's going to rise to the level of defamation or libel or slander but against Mr. Sandman. What about a, a, he's a child? That's what I I, 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 I know. Don't, I don't think it matters. It's uh, it's not a public person. We know that. And can we say Jim Carrey's perspective of this with a guy was smirking at the end? And yes. Right. Go ahead and write a picture that looks exactly like someone's child and put down uh, hate again on it, and this is a child, and, and publish it throughout the world and say, baby snakes, good luck. I think he loses. Here's something I think that we can keep in mind, just a general standard. If a complaint is filed against Jim Carrey, even if Alyssa Milano, I agree with you on Alyssa Milano, it, Sandman's name is, is not very, even mentioned, yeah, but let's great. say that she was included in the lawsuit. For hypothetical purposes, there was a lawsuit filed and she was there. You know, you don't have to, in a criminal case, you don't, the DA does not have to have proof beyond a reasonable doubt already there to make an allegation, to, to file a complaint. Mm-hmm. They have to have a reasonable belief that if this case went to trial, they could get a, a conviction. Okay? Um, it, the same thing is true here. I, I don't have to have concrete evidence and proof prior to filing a complaint. That's what the discovery process for. Right. I have to have a, based on information and belief, a good faith belief of this. And people can differ. Filing a complaint is different than the outcome of the complaint. I think, now, I think that if Milano and Kerry are in the complaint when it starts, Milano probably has a better shot than Kerry of, of having out. hers dismissed on the merits without having to pay a dime. Kerry may have more potential liability. Maybe he writes a check to get out, but I still think that there is uh, probably enough there to yeah, warrant, if I, warrant the... If I'm a lawyer, I'm yeah. all over Kerry. I, and I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I mean, political satire, we, we know from um, the cases in the Supreme Court that involve political satire that they can say a lot. They can? But, they can imply a lot. They can imply that a dictator is a murderer. But, see, they I, can imply all kinds of things because it's political satire. I don't disagree with you there, but where, you're, where I think you're missing it, that I'm going to disagree, I don't think you're missing, I think we're going to disagree on, this is a non-public figure minor child that he is disparaging. Period. That's it, Jim. You're guilty. The other All right. Yeah, That's but because a minor what child is, at 16 can get his own passport and travel the world. I know. I, what, I'm, what so is, I'm not so sure that that to me is is not guilty. That. But I th- I'm, I'm, let me back up. Not guilty, Jim Carrey. But I think you lose that case. What is civil action? What is Carrey's method of publication? I mean, does he do? He work? just tweets it out. He just tweets it out. Yeah. So, and I don't know honestly. Is is political satire different for somebody that works for the Washington Post versus somebody that just? Does their own paintings and tweet them out? Nope. Okay. I don't think hey, there's a I, different okay, standard now let's for jump, that. Let's move on to Kathy Griffin. Now, I think this Kathy, one we're all going to agree yes. that yes. she's got some issues. Go through that. Well, Kathy Griffith actually calls out the children and said, let's get their names. We want to shame them. Um, and she says, if you don't think these blinks blank, blank, uh, wouldn't F- dox F- you in a heartbeat, think again. So she's actually talking about the school She's talking about the children, and there's enough detail in what she call says. Call to action. It's a call to yeah, action. Yeah, it feels like it's a call to action to shame right. these kids, and it's enough detail that it's easy to determine who she's talking about. Right. All right. So I so I, I think that's so. You now that, that I, I think Griffin Omar. Griffin even faces potential criminal liability. Maybe. In that, because California Penal Code, Section 653.2, and mind you, the jurisdiction would be in any location where either the victim is or the perpetrator, or the perpetrator. of the crime was. Yeah. And California passed 653.2, which prohibits using electronic communication device, including Twitter and, and right. these mediums, for intentionally causing someone to suffer reasonable fear for their safety or the safety of an immediate family member. And by this call to arms, so to speak, for doxing and to shame them and to do that, 
I think you could make the case that she is that that Sandman would be in reasonable fear for her safety based upon what she's calling for. Now, whether or not a DA's office in Southern California is going to pick this up or have it be reported to law enforcement, I don't know. But there is a criminal provision that, in that theory, she, apply. she mm-hmm. that would apply to her. Now let's jump to sorry, Elizabeth Warren. Well, uh, go to, let's go to Elizabeth Warren's. Well, Elizabeth Warren was being being very protective of the American Indian that was yes. involved, Mr. Phillips, and um, and again, I don't necessarily think that hers is actionable. Hers is not very. It's you know I, I don't I don't necessarily agree that she should have said that, but I don't I don't know that she did something so elicited that it's Oma Elder and Vietnam War veteran Nathan Phillips. Oh, wait. Oma Elder. It says and. Oma, Omaha Elder. Oh, but, but it says and Vietnam War veteran Nathan Phillips. Now, it's a couple of yeah. interesting things Endured about this. Endured hateful taunts with dignity, hold on, and strength, then urged us all to do better. I, I don't couple of interesting things about Elizabeth Warren in the breaking news category just announced today that she is officially running for president in 2020. Right, that's exactly right. Um, second thing. Join the crowd. Yes. Uh, by saying endured hateful taunts. Well, she's making an allegation that these kids were hatefully taunting the elder, and I don't believe that you can hear from the audio that that necessarily happened. It, her defense would have to be, when played, the audio is played, I can hear hateful taunts. The allegation from the plaintiff... The chops. She the, said the Indian chops that yes. were doing Indian chops okay. with her hand. And uh, the third thing that isn't... Being ne- disrespectful. The third thing that isn't necessarily slanderous towards her, but interesting from this tweet, is that uh, Nathan Phillips actually never served time in Vietnam. His military question, the military service that he has called, that he has touted, has been seriously called into question about the amount of right. time that he actually didn't or Even spend. if he did yes. at all. So, well, but Elizabeth Warren is, is uh, well, I'm not, we're not going to get into politics. So here's the other thing. Let's, let's go back on the positive side. Those who made, who, who basically like Jamie Lee Curtis, who, what she said was wrong and extreme, I think. Yeah, but she, she said, came, I, she got, she you can't, back. you can't just look at one part of this and not right. look at the whole and she said i admit i made a mistake right uh, you, you have to read both sides of the story and you're going to have to make a more reasoned approach and i spoke too soon is basically what she said and she said look uh don't judge a book by its cover and she so she she recanted and i think that was just what, what's wrong with that well and, and interestingly given the the statement that the lawyer made about this being we want this to be a lesson we want people to learn about this it would be hypocritical of the team to want to sue Jamie Lee Curtis when by her mea culpa and reducing it is exactly the kind of response that they're they seeking. They requested, exactly. We're going to be back and talk about a San Diego restaurants, whether or not they could legally add a surcharge to the bills. We got some interesting takes from some Twitter followers. We'll be right back. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny. This is George Norrie from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens, and we're proud to promote amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse. Visit GCNLife.com for products like Luminesse. The Luminesse Anti-Aging Skin Care Line restores youthful vitality and radiance to your skin, reducing the appearances of fine lines and wrinkles with stem cell technology. There's also Instantly Ageless, which works within two minutes, reducing under-eye bags, Fine lines, wrinkles, and pores. Jeunesse has products to help you with how you look and feel in a very short time. Noble-nominated Dr. Vincent Jampapa has designed several products helping the body perform better. Jeunesse products have a 30-day money-back guarantee, and they're available up to a 25% preferred price discount. See all of the amazing Jeunesse products at GCNLife.com or call toll-free 1-844-443-6637. 1-844-443-6637. The Genesis Communications Network is one of America's premier broadcasters of captivating talk radio. We thank you for listening. Now, Now, just imagine, there are thousands of people who are just as passionate about radio as you are. But what you may not realize is how easy and affordable it is to advertise with us. Radio commercials for your business could be heard on hundreds of radio stations across the U.S. every day. We can help you by creating an effective radio advertising campaign for your company. From script writing to producing your commercials, 
commercial. Just like the one you're listening to right now. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us and advertise at GCNlive.com. And an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off the grid mobile survival bug out house that's well equipped and custom built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement, you bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family survival to survivalistcamps.com. February is Heart Month. Every year for the month of February, to show our appreciation to Extendivite's faithful customers, we have a sale. If you would like to try Extendivite, now is the time to get a few months ahead and really give Extendivite the time to show you how it works. Most of Extendivite's long-term customers wait for this sale to stock up. People and doctors tell us about the unbelievable improvements that they have experienced in their overall health, not just the heart. Extendivite wants you to experience the power of these herbs. Get a four-month supply for only $115 for either the capsules or tincture. Please take advantage of this once-per-year sale and get healthy for life. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com or find us on Amazon. Extend your life with Extendovite. Bacon lovers, we ship free. Try our amazing bacon. No refrigeration required. Proprietary value-added packaging provides 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Savory and delicious. Wholesale price for your everyday use. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com. Hear past episodes of Radio Law Talk on radiolawtalk.com. Just click on the podcast tab. Happy listening. So it's interesting how, uh, let's talk about big cities, New York, uh, L.A., you know, San Francisco, you know, uh, you know, Boston, whatever. You go to these big cities, and the amount that that an individual has to be paid to work in a restaurant or even a fast food joint, um, with the increase in the minimum wage, which in California and parts of Seattle are up to fifteen dollars an hour. There's a couple of things that are happening, and this is a fact. This is not a politically you know, this is not a, a, a political issue that I'm bringing. I mean, it's, it is a very political issue, but I'm not talking about the political issue. The fact is that in some areas, there is no way that these restaurants or fast food joints can stay in business. They just can't do it. In San Francisco, how can you afford with the rent uh, and the $15 an hour minimum wage people? And by the way, $12 jump, an hour. Well, 12 but 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 some of them are 15 are jumping to 15 soon. It's going to 15, um, and some of them, I believe, is Seattle's already up to 15. Um, but got, we got to double check it. Here's the point. The point is, first of all, it's difficult for a person to live on that. I get that in San Francisco or in New York. But the issue comes now. What does the restaurant do to stay in business? And so, what the San Diego restaurants have done is they have now added a quote, and I put in quotes, a surcharge, and I will quote it. A, at the bottom of the menu, it says, and this is a number of restaurants that are being sued, a 3.5% surcharge will be added to each bill to help cover increasing operations and labor costs. It's funny to me, and, and again, not getting political, how people always say, well, it's just the, the company. You know what? The business is going gonna to nail the business. We're just The business need to pay more. Whoa, they're going to pass it on. It's going to get passed on somehow to the consumer. So the argument was, is this lawsuit came forth against these restaurants, one called George's at the Cove, one Cohen Restaurant Group, about tacking on illegal surcharges, uh, which is against what's called the California Consumer Legal Remedies Act, they're claiming. 
Superior Court Judge uh, Timothy Taylor disagreed and said, it is not unlawful as a matter of law to add a surcharge. And I think Cal brought that up, or one of uh, I think Cal brought up um, uh, early on when we at the first part of the hour is there used to be surcharges um, for gas. Yeah. Like if you had delivery, there's surcharges. Like during the 70s during when the, the 70s. gas went just sky high yeah. and everybody was in line trying to get gas. That's exactly right. We had and, a huge shortage. And, and it's interesting that uh, one of our listeners that tweeted, and we go to Radio Law Talk uh, uh, Twitter, you can see this, uh, this great listener said, and I'm going to quote him. Ten to twelve years ago, Las Vegas Strip hotels charge three to five dollar energy surcharge. That's evolved to the dreaded now quote resort fee. And right. So restaurants aren't the only industry right. that has used surcharges. The key in this case was the judge said that there was full disclosure. They had fully disclosed that there was going to be a surcharge for of this percentage uh, based upon um, the increase in labor costs, and that was fair because it was full disclosure. There was nothing misleading about that sign, and people came in and they read it. They saw it on the menus. They saw it posted on the establishment. So there was no illegality to it. Yeah. You know, just to, just to get an idea of why this is an issue, take California, for example, and, and other big states have progressively increasing uh, minimum wage over the next couple of years. California's minimum wage currently is $12 an hour. Right. Effective January 1st in 2020, and then January 1st of 2020, 2021, and 2022, the minimum wage will continue to increase until, effective January 1st, 2022, it will be $15 an hour in California. And I see these restaurant owners, if they were just passing it along in terms of the cost, saying, okay, the, the ten dollar the ten dollar sandwich is now eleven bucks and just increasing the price in their menu, I, I think they're trying to make a statement here. So that folks that voted for the minimum wage increase know exactly how this is hurting them. So they can look at it and go, Well, without the minimum wage increase, I would have paid 25 bucks for my meal. Now I'm paying 28 bucks because they added $3 on for this. I, I think that this is kind of a ploy to make people aware of exactly how they're being impacted. Well, I don't know that it's successful, but I see that being one of the reasons. Well, it gets why they people it. out there to vote, okay, perhaps. I, yeah. But before I get to Cal, let me comment on this. I just looked it up and I knew I was correct on this. As of January 1st, minimum wage in Seattle for the largest employers climbed to $16 per hour. For the largest employers, that's yes, over yes. a certain percentage yeah, of but, employees. But McDonald's, I'm sure, is a large employer, right? So, Depends uh, on how many franchises you have. Yeah, uh, I, 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 but my point is, is how does a McDonald's, how does a uh, a, a Mon Pa uh, restaurant that has seven restaurants with you know 90 employees? Uh, Handle sixteen dollars an hour, and that is—I mean—that is Seattle paying four dollars an hour above what the state minimum wage right. is. Right. But my my point is that uh, these aren't the first people to try to make make a political statement on a menu. There was a gasoline chain in California. I think it was called Cheaper back in the day, and on the gasoline pump, they were the first ones to put a decal up that said actual cost of gasoline. State tax, state sales tax, federal excise tax, California uh, pollution tax, whatever it is. So they showed that you were actually paying uh, almost as much in taxes as you were per gallon of gas. Wow. Okay, but okay, but here's and that's exactly you see that when you go to another state. Yeah, a friend of mine just moved to Louisiana and he goes, it's like two bucks a, a gallon. There, there are usually little obscure stickers on the gas pump, even in California, right. where you can find out what the tax per gallon is. That, okay. was, that was not legal for a while. Right. They had to get a law passed so they could do that. So yeah. let's go on. So you guys brought this up, and I've got it here. So companies with more than 500 workers worldwide, not just in Seattle, worldwide, it's 16 bucks an hour. Those under 500 employees, it's 15 bucks an hour. So even the small mom and paws are getting hit in Seattle with $15 an hour. Now, now, I think this all goes back to the policy considerations that were actually put in place back in the 60s. Okay, I saw a stat the other day that I thought was very interesting. Back when the United States went from a currency or from a precious metals-based economy, where it was based on gold and silver, to something different with the Federal Reserve, minimum wage was $1.25 an hour, and if you were paid. That dollar twenty-five in five quarters. Those quarters were made out of silver. If you had those five quarters right now, based upon the current price of silver, those five quarters would be worth about seventeen dollars. 
the dollar twenty-five an hour that you made in five quarters would be worth about seventeen dollars. That's right before now. they put filler stuff at the quarters. Huh? No, right. But in other words, the value of the of the labor based on the inflationary wage being paid is still that dollar twenty-five plus the inflation because in Seattle it's sixteen bucks. So it would be That's sixteen right. bucks worth of silver or a dollar twenty-five and three quarters back in the in the sixties. So, so the question is, the, the minimum wage can continue to rise if you don't get the currency and the inflation under control. You're never going to catch up to it. You're going to run true. into the same problem of mm-hmm. look, it's going to be sixteen. It's going to be twenty bucks an hour. I still can't afford to live in San Francisco. And nobody right. bothers to say if the price of everything goes up because of the minimum wage, you know, then the price of everything goes up, including rent yep. it everything goes up it's a circle that never ends right. it's yeah. it's putting a band-aid on a cut that needs stitches so those of you who <laughs> want to call in 855 law radio or tweet us at radio law talk cal you had a caller that called in and didn't want to be put on the air but here's give us the brief overview question to summarize they were a landlord had a dispute with a tenant went to court they uh, the judge was in his 80s they said and was not really uh, they sat down, had all of their material in a file, began to present their case, and the judge put his hand on top of the file, essentially, and said, I've heard what I need to hear, and yeah, awarded the money to the to the uh, tenant in the case, who was being deceptive, according to these people. So there's a couple so of So what things. do you do? Yeah, what do you do in a case like that, Denise or Todd? First of all, as Denise brought up, uh, brought up uh, you can, if you know, before you come into court... You can bring what's called a 170.6 motion in California, and every state's got their own motions. But you could basically tick the judge off. You want to you pick get another one judge. disqualification right. of a judge for no reason, basically. Right. You just right. have to allege there's going to be a bias or something against you or your client. But you have to know in advance, right? But Denise? you have to know in advance, That's and in, in California, it's 10 days after that judge is appointed and, and in most to the case. And you in have most, to do it. In most jurisdictions in California, for like. Uh, unlawful detainer, which is what this would be, a landlord, you kind of know based upon the assignments in the individual court which judge is hearing what. It's not that hard to figure out, but I can see how it would be hard if you're representing yourself and you don't have an attorney. Which in small claims you represent yourself. Right. Yeah. But don't well, forget you yeah, can... Yeah, but this was an unlawful detainer. This would not be small claims. Oh, well, well, well it, unless he's going for money against the tenant. Yeah, okay. So I guess potentially it could have been a small Ready claims. for this? People don't realize this. A lot of people... Do you know you can appeal a small claims court case? And you can appeal it up to a superior court? Not if you are a plaintiff and not if you lose. Really? I cannot appeal, appeal as a plaintiff. Nope. Oh, and, and, only and the defendant can appeal and it. You can take an attorney into small claims court. Interesting. Uh, you, you can. You can't. You don't. They can't. They can't appear. We're going to argue about that when we come back. We'll be back for hour three. Hour yeah. three. You have been listening to RadioLawTalk.com, a copyrighted presentation of Radio Law Talk Incorporated.